Live here, I am Colin Bashnigle, your host for Loudmouth Mornings just outside of Columbus, Ohio. Thank you guys for tuning in this morning. Really appreciate it. Good news for all of you guys. We're going to go ahead and get the audio version at least started. After I get off here, I'm going to take the MP3 MP3 version, drop it into an RSS feed. So we'll we'll figure out beyond that how to go ahead and be able to post it. But at the very least, we're going to get that going. And again, other stuff coming up. We're all going to be looking for cameras. Some other things, college football coverage is going to ramp up heavy in April and draft coverage as well. And we're going to try to get a podcast going that's a little bit more relaxed, kind of just let conversation flow, not necessarily going to have a general uh, sports direction, but we all love sports. So that'll definitely be part of conversation. Just us as friends hanging out, talking, uh, talking about different things. So we're going to try to get that going. That's going to be a loud mouth round table. So make sure you guys keep your eye out for all of that. And we also have uh, today is Wednesday. So I know Wednesday is the day that the final corner podcast is going to be live on YouTube. So make sure you guys go check out the final corner on YouTube. Uh, it is final corner on YouTube. No, the, uh, it's Cam and Tyler for loud mouth sports. I know that. And they also include a couple other people in there for sure. Not quite sure who, but definitely check that out. If you guys have any, uh, interest in racings, but enough has been said, I'm going to go ahead and start talking a little bit of sports and mostly college football. So let's go ahead and talk about the grand old big picture of college football. And the first place I want to start is Clemson. And I have exercised my opinion on Clemson very strongly and this is kind of what i'm going to be thinking for clemson moving forward the clemson tigers their run is done they're a blip on the radar i truly believe that and now by a blip on the radar i think one or two championships in a couple of years i think that is reasonable to expect from that clemson team in a span of about five or six years, which is what they had. They had two really in three years, 2016, 2018, three seasons. And they had two, but it was the culmination of the Dabo Sweeney era from 15 to uh, what I think was the end of it. 2020 six seasons is what I think the lifespan was for Clemson's run. And I think they're done. And I think the biggest reason why they are done is because Dabo Sweeney's lot. Dabo Sweeney, Dabo Sweeney's lack of ability to adjust. I look at their schedule. I find them going to 10 and two. And I don't think it is unattainable to, to see them lose two games here. One in ACC play. And then the one to Notre Dame, who I think is going to get better and better every week. Um, it really just depends on what they figure out is the solution at quarterback. Will it be Drew Pine, Tyler Buckner for the fighting Irish? That's the mystery that we're going to be having for Notre Dame, of course, with uh, with Jack Cohn moving on. So we're going to be keeping a, a close eye on that with Notre Dame. Notre Dame's going to have a pretty tough schedule, but Clemson, uh, they're also going to have a pretty tough schedule. Like if you look at these this Clemson team early on, it's not much, but they do get Wake Forest, NC State, Boston College in a run of three. I think they lose one of those three games, and I also have them losing to Notre Dame, and would not be surprised if they lose one of their last three games against Louisville, Miami, and South Carolina. However, all those games are at home. Notre Dame's the last road game, and it's right before that run. If Notre Dame 
beats Clemson, I think Clemson will be able to rebound. But if Clemson wins that game, I, I do see a path where, where Clemson maybe sleepwalks through one of the next three games. Probably not the South Carolina game, given its rivalry. Though, apparently, these Clemson fans are thinking about Ohio State and Alabama, and they're not thinking about South Carolina and South Carolina is creeping up on you in your own state. And speaking of Ohio State, that is my team, as many of you guys know, but I am not the type of fan to say Ohio State's winning the national championship every year. My expectation is that they should be competing. Generally speaking, I go in a different direction. Many years I've went with Clemson, many years I've went with Alabama, and many of other years, like last year, not many of other years, but last year I went with the Oklahoma Sooners and was dead wrong about that. But I think this is the year for either Ohio State to win it all or Alabama to go ahead and get back on top. I think one of those two teams is a sure bet to win it. My bet's on Ohio State. Now, if you take a look at odds for the national championship, let's go ahead and pull it up. Hmm. The odds for the national championship, Ohio State comes in at 7-1. to one. Alabama is at 13-4. to four. Which one sounds like better odds? Ohio State at plus 700. Bet on it. Ohio State to win the national championship, maybe lay a little on Alabama. I don't think anybody else will win it. Uh, it's hard to repeat, so I definitely don't think Georgia. Clemson's up there at 12 to 1. Um, so, and, and Georgia's also up there at 13 to 4. So I guess it tied for first is Alabama and Georgia, and then third is Ohio State. I was curious where. Georgia was on this list, but I kind of got ignored or, or ignored it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only dark horse theoretically would be 25 to one Texas A&M. I honestly think this is going to be down to Ohio State and Alabama. College football is great, but this year just kind of seems like we're going to have a crash course of the same two, just like last year. And I am just, at least last year, the journey to get there was amazing. That's the one thing I'll say. The regular season was outstanding. I'm hoping it's the same this year. I'm hoping for some upsets. But if you look at this Ohio State team, what was their biggest weakness last year just by position group? It was linebackers. What does Jim Knowles work strongly with? Linebackers. Has that worked in the past? Well, was Malcolm Rodriguez first team All-American last year? Look up Malcolm Rodriguez right now on 247 Sports. Coming out of high school right now. Okay. Give you a hint. Who's not highly recruited? It's 247 profile from Oklahoma State. He's from Wagoner, Oklahoma, a local kid. Malcolm Rodriguez, the six foot 205 kid coming out of high school, started off as a safety who transitioned. Three star. The 1,500th, the 1,529th ranked best player. 23rd best in the state of Oklahoma, which is a good state for recruiting. It's not nearly the best state. Like some, he was in the 2017 class. Some of the other guys that were there, Justin Broyles, Levi da Draper, uh, Trey Brown, Isaiah Thomas, Creed Humphrey. So some good players that were in Oklahoma that year. Uh, seeing if there's any other names that really pop. His teammate Brock Martin and Brandon Evers were in that class. Um, 
But other than that, none really pop. Like I'm just going down. Like a, I mean, Charlie Kohler is on here, and then you got like Javarius Jer- Owens. You got Isaiah Epps, and then Malcolm Rodriguez slotted in there. Not a highly touted recruit. Now let's flip the script here. Let's take a look at Ohio State 247 composite recruiting. And I will tell you, they got some highly, highly ranked linebackers. Let's start with the 2022 class. C.J. Hicks, number seven overall player, number one linebacker in the country from Dayton, Archbishop Alter. Sonny Styles, who, who's safety. He's going to transition to linebacker, guarantee it, book it. He's a five-star kid, number 12 player in the country. Number one safety is really going to be the number two linebacker. Gabe Powers, the number 101st national player, eighth position or eighth in the position of linebacker from Marysville, Ohio. Okay. So there's three big-time blue chippers, borderline top 100 players. Gabe is uh, 101. He's kind of slid down. He was up in the top 40 for the longest time. Let's move back. Last year, uh, you brought in number 87 nationally, which we'll we'll see what happens with him. Kid from Ironton, Reed Carrico. Uh, I'm not sure, honestly, if he's going to play too much. He's a ninth-ranked linebacker. Uh, I, I just think he's kind of sandwiched between some younger guys who are super-duper talented and some others. Plus, he didn't play in a high division in Ohio. He he played very low ranks. Um, but that is a linebacker that's highly ranked, highly recruited, a four-star kid uh, from the middle of nowhere, Ohio. You take a look at the 2020 class now. <clears throat> Start with Cody Simon, four-star kid, number 75, player nationally, number four in the position. You then got to look at outside linebacker who kind of transitioned a little bit to safety, but he kind of plays both. It's Court Williams, 166, 12th ranked uh, linebacker. Mitchell Melton, 350th ranked, 24th in the position, way higher than Malcolm Rodriguez, and that's just kind of like, you know, a little bit nitpicky too. He's on the roster still, by the way. Cage Stover, as we go to 2019, 114th nationally, seventh position. Cage Stover, that dude. Steel Chambers, that dude. 231st national recruit, 11th. Athlete coming out, Tommy Eichenberg, 19th in his position, 327th overall. So the point is, is Ohio State has talent, and that's not even talking about um, Diamante Trainum, who I believe was a part of the 2020 class. It was a, a, at Arizona State. He came out as a running back. Well, he was really an athlete. So Diamante Trainum, Chip Trainum. He was definitely an athlete. This Ohio State team is stacked. Top to bottom offensively. 
I mean, their offensive line is going to be amazing. Not going to bore you with some of the names that you guys might know, but the leak wink, the wink, the leak weak link <laughs> on that offensive line is going to be Luke Whipler, who is only going to get better. Who was the weak link last year at center, and the other weak link was uh, kind of Thayer Thayer Mumford, who transition from playing tackle his entire college career into the inside at guard. And and I love Thayer. I'm not trying to crap on him. That might have hurt his draft stock a little bit, though. They had two anchors at tackles, though, and uh, Nick Petit-Friere and Dewan Jones. Now they got to replace uh, Nick Petit-Friere, but they have the guy to do it, Paris Johnson Jr., who kicked inside a little bit last year. He's going to kick back outside. He's not going to stay inside. Uh, we all know what happened with Harry Miller and uh, prayers out to him. Of course, he's not going to be on the team, and that's fine. But if you look at what Ohio State has, the offensive line is in very good shape with some very highly touted recruits. Matthew Jones in guard. You got Donovan Jackson at guard. Dewan Jones, Paris Johnson Jr. coming back. A young kid, well, not not young anymore. It seems like just yesterday he was recruited by Enoch Vimahi and Trey Laroe, Josh Fryer. These guys are good players on the offensive line. Very good players. The tight end is really the biggest question. Will Mitch Rossi really be there? How much will G. Scott be a factor there? I think G. Scott's going to get some good playing time, but there's going to be some positions where he can't be in, and that's going to be up to either Mitch Rossi, the senior, or Joe Royer to come in. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that all goes there. Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, Evan Pryor, we know about them at the running back position. We know about them. You know who else we know about? <clears throat> Marvin Harrison Jr., Julian Fleming, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jaden Ballard, and Mecca Egbuka. Cameron Babb is healthy. Caleb Burton, highly touted freshman. freshman. Kojo Antwi, highly touted freshman. And Keon Graves, who I've heard amazing things about. Now, uh, if, if any of those freshmen get some significant playing time, it'll probably be Caleb Burton, if I had to guess. But all three of those guys probably won't even play. Because, again, listen to what's ahead. If Cameron Babb stays healthy, they are behind Mekeg Buka, Cameron Babb, Jaden Ballard, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Julian Fleming, and Marvin Harrison Jr. They are behind all six of those guys. They go six deep, at least. And that's, that's assuming that Caleb Burton and Keon Graves and Kojo – and Twee is not ready to play. This Ohio State offense is stacked. Oh, no, yeah, by the way, they are bringing back one of the best, if not the best quarterbacks in the country in C.J. Stroud. Defensively, you bring back J.T. Tui Malau. Zach Harrison did come back for his senior year. This is a make-it-or-break-it year for him. Javante John-Baptiste, Jack Sawyer, Caden Curry comes in as a freshman experienced player who's played some meaningful snaps. Tyler Friday. Tyreek Smith is gone. We get it. Haskell Garrett interiorly is gone. We get it. But when you're replacing them with guys of the talent base of Tyreek Williams, Michael Hall Jr., 
Jerron Cage, Jerron Vincent, Ty Hamilton. These guys are just loaded with talent. They're secondary. Ronnie Hickman, Denzel Burke, Cam Brown on the other side of Denzel Burke. You're going to have the guy who played in the system in Tanner McAllister, Josh Proctor, Cam Martinez, Bryson Shaw, who both played meaningful minutes, specifically Shaw last year, Legend Cavazos, who's expected to take a big step forward, Lathan Ransom, Jordan Hancock except expected to make some big-time uh, noise, Court Williams and that backup bull. This team, they're dangerous, guys. This team should be one of the favorites to win it all this year. And they are, according to Vegas, one of the top three. I think they will win a national championship, and if they don't, it'll be Alabama. I've talked a little bit about Alabama. Think about how stacked this Alabama roster is, too. Alabama, we're gonna we're gonna leave the wide receiver room for last, and we're gonna leave the offensive line for last. But let's talk about this defense. You got two or three nose tackles who could really play, and this is assuming that Jaheim Otis is actually going to be able to play a little bit. Tim Smith and DJ Dale, and then you're going to have Byron Young and Justin. A boygie, a, a boygie on the edges. Braylon Ingram's expected to be really good. He has, he's been kind of in the system for a little bit. Same with Stefan Wynn. We'll see if he does anything. John Marion Latham is expected to do a whole lot. Monkel Goodwine, a highly touted recruit, and Damon Payne Jr., too. That's just the defensive line. These dudes are absolutely stacked. You bring back two of the best or three of the best linebackers really in the country, Dallas Turner, Henry Toto, oh, <laughs> Henry To Oto, oh. <laughs> I don't even fully know how. To, I, I mean, I'd know how to say his name. I don't know why I'm struggling with it. Jalen Moody's no slouch, too. I said three of the best linebackers. Jalen Moody's going to be playing in the wheel. That Jack, Will Anderson Jr., is the best player in America. He probably should have won the Heisman last year. He is the best player in America. Period. And you're going to have some inexperience behind them, maybe a lack of depth at the linebacker position, a handful of freshmen who are going to be asked to do a little bit, specifically Jeremiah Alexander and Sean Murphy, but they're really good players. Jod Campbell, probably less of a factor. They have more middle linebackers. Um, so Demoy Kennedy could get in. Kendrick Blackshear could get in a little bit more unless Jihad Campbell has an amazing camp an amazing summer kool-aid mckinstry and brian branch are both back they bring in eli ricks which i think was the biggest addition to a secondary i wasn't that convinced on they also got uh kyrie jackson here malachi moore in Tyrion arnold now i'm not completely sold on the depth of the secondary but what i do know is kool-aid mckinstry now kool-aid i'm not super high on I will say that, but Kool-Aid McKinstry, Eli Ricks, they could both play. 
Kool-Aid I'm less high on because he's kind of one of those very aggressive corners who bite a little bit too early. He needs to settle his game. He needs to settle his game down. And Brian Branch is also really good. He's kind of in that nickel spot maybe a little bit in the in the 425 when they do or the 335 I should say when they do run that rather than the 34 base. DeMarco Helms and Jordan Battle are going to be two of the best safeties in the entire country. You got nothing to worry about on defense. If there is a weakness again, it's just depth in the secondary and depth maybe at the um outside linebacker spots behind Willie Anderson Jr. and Dallas Turner. But the issue I come across here is you have Dallas Turner and Willie Anderson Jr. at the front lines. So hopefully we do not have to see that issue. Now let's talk a little bit about this offense. Their running back room is just loaded. Trey Sanders, Roydell Williams, Jace McClellan, uh, Kamar Wheaton, Jameer Gibbs, Oh my gosh, the just the power of names. Like we know Jameer Gibbs can play. He's played at a high level before at Georgia Tech. Jace McClellan can definitely play. I've seen it I've seen kind of spurts of it with Roydell Williams and Trey Sanders, Kamar Wheaton. And we know what they have at quarterback with Bryce Young. I'm gonna talk about the wide receiver room here. They have so many kids who should be able to play straight up. But they did not show up in the national championship game. But I have to assume that some of these guys will get right. But one guy that they were missing that I was really high on. One guy that they were missing for the national championship and got hurt last year. Joe, Joe Earl. Watch out for him. That sophomore, I think, is going to break out alongside Ja'Cory Brooks. I really think Jermaine Burton is probably going to be the second or third best receiver on this team behind Earl and maybe even Brooks. I need to see a lot more from a Jai Hall, but he will get meaningful playing time. A lot of it. Treshawn Holden needs to kind of step up. It's his junior year. It's his time. Same with Ty Jones Bell. It's time to step up for both of them. Christian Leary, you have about a year to develop a little bit, in my opinion. Aaron Anderson, Kendrick Law, Kobe Prentice, and Shaz Preston. All these guys have plenty of time to get ready. This offensive line is not that good. J.C. Latham is a solid player. He's a big-time recruit. Damian George Jr., I'm not that high on. Uh, and their interior is very concerning to me. Emil Ekior, I believe is how you say it. Emil Ekior Jr., Seth McLaughlin, and uh, Javion Cohen. These guys on the inside, very concerning to me. And when you go up against strong interiors this year, I do have concerns that Alabama will not be able to hold super strong, and that's their weakness. And also, they have unproven commodities in the playmaking positions. Now, I do like Cameron Latu a whole lot. Uh, outside of Cameron Latu, they don't have a whole lot at tight end with Jaleel Billingsley transferring, but... They do have quite a bit of uh, qu- quite a bit to work with as far as talent on the outside. With again, Brooks, Earl, Hall, Holden, 
Leary. We know what it is. And then bringing in Burton from Georgia, which meant they could have used a little bit bigger of a splash in the transfer portal, just like Jameson Williams was. They could have used a way bigger splash in the portal than Burton, but they'll take it for sure. I just, honestly, I don't think Jermaine Burton was, I I don't think he was really Georgia's best uh, wide receiver last year. I mean, the Georgia wide receiver room is not looking awful this year. I just don't have too much faith in the quarterback, but like, look at what they're going to be bringing back in guys like Adonai Mitchell, who who caught that big time touchdown over, I believe it was uh, Kool-Aid. Kiris Jackson, apparently Eric Gilbert's supposed to be coming back, and he's going to be kind of running there. Uh, Arian Smith is a guy who can absolutely stretch the field. He is a burner. Marcus Rosemary St. Jack, or St. Jack, Jack Saint. (laughs) It's the other way around. Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint did not play a whole lot towards the end of last year. Dominic Blaylock, he will be a big-time add back. And Ladd McConkie is also a guy who who can really play. They have so much depth in guys who have played meaningful minutes. Kyrus Jackson has been here. Adonai Mitchell, the true freshman last year in the championship game, he's going to be back. Expected to take a step forward. Lad McConkey supposed to continue to be reliable. Arian Smith supposed to be the burner that he's supposed uh, that he was supposed to be. Eric Gilbert supposed to be a mismatch nightmare. Marcus Rosemary's Jack Saint Supposed to be a big guy who can go up and get the ball. These players at Georgia, watch out for them at the wide receiver position. They just need to make sure that that quarterback position is right. And I'm telling you this one thing, Kirby, if Brock Vandergriff is ready, give him the reins. They're going to be good at running back. If Brock Vandergriff is ready, give him the reins. This kid has so much talent. I love Vandergriff out of high school. We got to see if Georgia continued to develop him strongly or not. Today's show was just basically a college football show talking about a handful of teams. Clemson, I'm not very high on. Alabama, Ohio State, I think are the two contenders. Georgia, of course, the third. I hope the journey there is great, but I think we're kind of having a crash course between Ohio State and Alabama, in which case right now I give the edge slightly to Ohio State, assuming that they get right on defense before the season starts with this new hire of Jim Knowles, bringing in Tanner McAllister, Diamante Trainum, bringing back Steel Chambers, bringing kind of bringing up guys like Court Williams and Mitchell Melton and Cody Simon getting healthy and all of this. So thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Make sure you guys like and subscribe. If you guys are listening here on the podcast form, Go ahead and check out our our TikTok here. Loudmouth Sports is the TikTok. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Loudmouth Mornings. (laughs) 